0: listening to the self-love series brought to you by sports and social mind in each episode we will be joined by some of ireland's inspiring female minds this week sophie latouche is joined by writer and columnist stephanie preisner hello stephanie hello sophie how are you I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm really, really well. Um great. Sunday great. evening. I have a bit of that Glen Row feeling, but it's absolutely fine. <laughs> It'll be grand.
0: Um, Stephanie, do you do any lives? I, I haven't seen you do any lives on your Instagram before.
1: No, I've done like maybe three. Um, okay. but I I went live once just by myself, then I did one with a friend of mine who's an actor who was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch once. Oh, and wow. And I did one. I did one with something else. I find them. I find them a lot because I, I'm looking at you and talking to you. But then I know some people will be asking questions and I can't keep track. I find it a lot. But I'm here now anyway. So we'll get through well,
0: it. Well, we're delighted you're here. And thanks so much for agreeing to come on. Um, Stephanie, I won't lie. I spent the day researching you and reading passages from your book. And Oh, my God. Yeah, but look, I've been following you for ages anyway, but I think the deeper I dived, I was just like, you're amazing. And just to give people a bit of a background, if they don't follow you, Um, what you do. So from what I know you as is being on social media and delivering us the news that we needed throughout the pandemic without any scare tactics, very black and white. Um, But you are a writer as well. That's what your main role is. Yeah. So like my main, I started
1: off working in theater and then I wrote a television show that's on Netflix and okay. I wrote two seasons of that. That's wow. my actual job. And then like after that, I wrote two books. Um, One about how I, I really don't do well with change and um how I'm an introvert. And then the other one that's called Why Can't Everything Just Stay the Same? And then mm-hmm. the other one is Can I Say No? Which is about... Saying no and growing up being a people pleaser and wanting people to like me, and I also write a weekly column for the Sunday Independent in the magazine. Um, I haven't opened my copy yet today, but <laughs> um, it's in there. So that's my job. Um, but I also, I don't really like sport. I follow politics like some people follow sport. Okay. Um, I wow. really love. Um, I love politics and it, it's like I'm not very political to, if, if you know what I mean like I don't really I'm not affiliated with any particular party I get annoyed with them all sometimes but just watching like I watch Oroctus television sometimes and like the little gripes that happen between certain politicians it's like Love Island like it's actually like yeah. oh my god these two are going for each other and so around the time of the general election last year I realized that a lot of people who follow me and a lot of my friends, they don't know, like they don't know what it is to be in government or what is to be in opposition. You know, they were, they didn't know the difference between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And because they had been followed, Trump was in the media a lot of that time and American politics is very like blue or red, Democrat or Republican, it's different to our system. they wanted you know so I started explaining things on social media and I got quite a lot of a following for just explaining like this is what Fianna Fáil is this is what Fianna Gael is this is how they're different this is what Sinn Féin is and then uh and Labour and uh, like all the parties and then um then the election happened and then people were like oh but but Sinn Féin won and why aren't Sinn Féin in government and then why is Mary Lou not doing anything but I was like but she's in opposition she's not in government and anyway so there's a lot of work to be done there. That's how I started like giving information to people and then Mm -hmm. COVID hit and nothing annoys me more in the world than fake news, than, than reckless, stupid people giving out information that they don't understand. Now the information might be correct, but the way that they're, they don't, have the intellect or the understanding to interpret the data and Mm -hmm. they are spreading it to their followers, creating fear. Mm -hmm. And there was so much of, I heard on Facebook or I heard on WhatsApp that I wanted to jump off a bridge. So I was like, I have to do something about this. And I, so I started giving the information just as pure information With, without any opinion and some people will ask me my opinion like what do you think of the fact that Zippone had a party in Marion it doesn't matter what I think of it this is Absolutely. what happened this was the law at the time this was the restrictions and this is what happened it doesn't matter because if you're getting your opinion if you're forming your opinion because someone on social media told you their opinion that's mm-hmm. really dangerous and I
0: understand that because I do that there are people yeah, I... who... I did. I did. No, you're fine. I did. um, I read a little passage from one of the books, but I also listened to Caroline Foreign's podcast. And you did say that it was almost like a bit of a coping mechanism for you throughout because you do well with rules and being black and white. So in a way, did it help you to be researching those rules every day and to understand what was going on? And then, you know, was it therapeutic for you to actually bring that out to the public? and? in the in the interim actually educate people of what was going on as well
1: yeah i guess you'd have to go back to a year ago when like i wasn't leaving the house at all we weren't i was leaving to go for grocery shopping maybe once every two days um i was doing big jigsaw puzzles on the floor i still had some of my work but some of my work had stopped um and i was watching So in order to cope, I didn't watch any Netflix. I watched three or four news cycles a day on different channels. I followed the World Health Organization. I was keeping up with the data. I started a podcast where I was interviewing Luke O'Neill and Luke is a friend of mine. So I was like talking to him about what was happening and then explaining those facts to people. language that they understood i always say to like if i have to go to a doctor i'll say to him can you please explain this to me as if i'm six yeah like just i just need to know the basics and that's what i do because i don't think that anyone should ever like if people are looking for information that's a really noble task like that is the right and proper thing to be doing and for them to feel like they're not smart enough or they don't have enough education or enough language to understand what's happening, that's really dangerous, particularly in a global crisis. So I just try to help people by making things simple.
0: Well, I think that's the sign of a good journalist. I did a quick journalism course um, a couple of months ago and it was always like, take the information and relay it back as if you were speaking to a child. And I think you did that so well. And, And I assume that there was a lot of people that would have went to your page before they would turn on the news or before they would research stuff themselves. So, like, thank you because I was one of them um, for, I suppose, creating that space for people and making people feel like they were in control because every day I'd be like, go on to your page and like, has she got a story up yet? Has she got an update up yet? And I really feel like you carried us through, for the people that did go onto your page, you carried us through based on facts. And I did love when you would put up, when somebody would ask your opinion, you would write back, you know, and you put it on your story and say, I'm not here to give you my opinion, please stop asking me. And I suppose that does lead me onto your boundaries within social media because, okay, you're carrying 47,000 people through a crisis. How did you create those boundaries with your social media and were there for it not to affect you personally?
1: um sometimes it did like I do vaccinated followers every day yeah I've been doing it every day since the 29th of December
0: mm-hmm. like
1: I got married this year I did it on my wedding day I did it on my honeymoon wow. like it's a because I also feel like it's a thing now but I have boundaries but I'll put them up I will say I put up a question box and I will mm-hmm. say if you're looking at this slide the question box is now gone do not send me a message like people were sending me videos of themselves coughing being like oh, you know, no. i have covid it's like i'm a writer like i am a writer and this is instagram call yeah. your doctor you know i don't i don't want that responsibility and also you know now it's kind of like i have to, i'm going to spain on my holidays what do i need to travel no mm-hmm. that's not what this is for what i used to do was i would watch all of the press briefings mm-hmm. and i would tell you what the new rules were in a in an infograph and then I would do a q and a, and you know, I found that it was a lot of businesses who were coming to me being like, "Can we open? How many people can we open for and And those I was very happy i I like reading legislation, I like reading those big documents um mm-hmm. and it so I liked being able to say, "You can open for this many people if you have this much space and this you know i I, I like that, but when it got into personal, like, can I go to the gym? I live in Galway." on the border with mayo my gym is in mayo can i cross the border and i'd be like no and one guy <laughs> i remember messaged me and was like but i can see the gym from my bedroom and i was like yeah i can see the moon from my bedroom <laughs> stay in your house stay in your you. house. <laughs> um,
0: yeah absolutely but i think look i think you did do a great job and like that like with the boundaries i think you made it very clear to people this this is literally what i'm doing don't ask me stupid questions. And if you do, I will not answer them, which I thought was absolutely amazing. And I suppose when I, so I listened to, okay, obviously you're on social media, you're producing content. And I was listening to the podcast that you did with Caroline Foreign, And by the way, if anyone's a fan, they need to go and listen to that because it was incredible. Um, so that, but, can I just
1: say something about that, right? Yeah. That podcast was like the most honest. So Caroline and I, obviously we know each other and we've been around mm-hmm. each other, but we, we were sort of frenemies. Like we, we didn't really like each other. And I agreed to do her podcast. And then I was really nervous. But during the podcast, we kind of say like, I thought you hated me. And she was like, but I thought you hated me because you were spicy to me. And we kind of deal with it live on the podcast. But I was
0: sweating. like, No, but, but this is actually the point that I was going to bring up. That, you know, your consumption of social media. And I suppose the fact that you said that because uh, you might have felt a certain way that you actually blocked her. And you said that to her. And I was like, fair play. Like, the fact that you said that to her and she was like, well, look, I would have maybe muted people and stuff like that. But I think it was incredible for you to be as open and honest. Um, And I suppose, yeah, your own consumption with social media, Caroline, for and aside, what are the kind of tools that you use to kind of set boundaries? Or what do you consume?
1: Um, I... So, like, I have a very porous mind. Like, I'm influenced very easily. So I have to be really careful with that. And I have issues with, like, I have issues. I, have, I, I suffer with an eating disorder. And I have issues around body image and stuff. So I have to be really careful on social media. And you'll very frequently, if you watch the number of people that I follow, some days you'll see that it drops by, like, 150 people. Just because I'm like, no, nope, you're not good for me. Like, this is my this social media is it's my place to go and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't care if people take offense if I unfollow them like I have friends who I can be real life friends with but I can't follow them on social because they're insufferable really because they're not the person that I know because they're trying to run a business or they're trying to promote their thing and it's totally fine but that's not the person I want to be friends with I want Absolutely. to be friends with the real person so I just won't follow them but I'll have that conversation I'm not duplicitous I, I won't lie about it um, and yeah. I follow a lot of accounts that are like inf- informational like I I said on my story today I actually don't watch television anymore I will watch Instagram all day yeah. like last night I watched a 26 minute video about a at par- Aristotle's par- paradox which is about a wheel a, a mathematical thing which I'm not even that interested in but it caught my attention um and I follow um I kind of, I go on to reels a lot. And then I, like, I follow this woman in America who's got a baby who has some chromosomal issue, but is very adorable. I've been following her for about a year now, just looking at her grow. I don't, I know all about her life, never met her. Don't know why I follow her, but the algorithm just brought her up to me. Yeah. Um. So I follow things that capture my interest, but nothing that's too, like sometimes I'll follow only inspirational accounts. And then... <laughs> And then I'll get into this sort of toxic, positive space where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm having a negative thought, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I'll be like, actually, that's dangerous. So I'm going to unfollow all the positivity accounts because sometimes it's okay to be feeling negative. And then I'll follow all ASMR, like watching people cutting up soap or cleaning a swimming pool. And I'll follow all those accounts. And then and then it'll turn to like, you know, all German language accounts or something something to do with the television show i'm watching so it really does i it's very flexible it has to be because my mood changes and yeah. if i find myself um upset by something i've seen or comparing myself to someone i'll unfollow them okay no and that's it
0: that's a really good way and i like the fact that like with caroline you address it with the person beforehand if you're friends with them in real life you know there's you're doing what's right for you um, and that kind of brings me on to something that I did pick up on that I suppose you said a couple of years ago when you had your Facebook account, it was kind of the funny account. It was where people would go. Um, sorry, there, my phone just rang. Um, but that you had to almost like reinvent yourself, rebrand yourself. And um I suppose with that came losing friends and it was after you came back from your tour in Australia. And I Mm -hmm. suppose how, I suppose, how did you find that with, I suppose, moving from one part of your life to another part of your life? And I suppose the thing that struck out for me was the losing friends, when you stopped drinking and stuff like that. Um, Yeah.
1: Well, it wasn't like, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't rebranding it was just becoming yeah. a real version of myself and yeah. i'm i'm like a i'm quite introverted and i i'm naturally kind of shy um i can show up and i can yeah. turn myself on but
0: yeah.
1: it really depletes me and i need time so i only do it when i have to do it um but there was no real space I didn't really know that growing up because yeah. um, for whatever reason, I just felt like I, I have to be, if I want to have friends, I have to be fun to be around. And mm-hmm. when it I'm very, I don't like loud noises and I don't like crowds. I get very anxious. And so when you're in your twenties, crowds and loud noises. all That's what you do. At the pub. So I yeah. would have to be drunk. So I used to drink a lot. Um, not a lot in frequency but a, like more volume than other people to get to that level where i could tolerate the situation i was in and because i was uncomfortable i wanted to be funnier than my discomfort so i'd be like i'll be really loud and then you won't notice how like awkward i am
0: okay. so yeah
1: i was i was like i wanted to be the person who all of the chairs were facing you know mm-hmm. the person who was the loudest and I'm not, I, I don't know how, I don't know how he did it. Well, I did it through alcohol, but then, so when I stopped drinking, I wasn't able to do that anymore. And I didn't want to drink. So mm-hmm. I had to say like, actually I can't go to that place cause it's too loud and there's too many people. Um, and then I realized that there were some friends who I had never been sober around. Mm-hmm. Like I only was with them in a drinking setting and without the drink, we didn't have very much in common and if I had met them for the first time now we we wouldn't be friends and so it's it's very painful at the time because either they leave you or or you realize that you have to leave them and so that happened quite a bit now I think that's also a natural thing that might happen a little bit more subtly in your 20s as people just fall away but for me it was sort of like a I'm very cut and dry about things so I was like no I'm not going out if you don't want to meet me for a walk or if you don't want to meet me, you know, like for lunch or a non-drinking thing, then I have nothing to say to you, which is just, it's not the right way probably to go about it, but that's just, I'm, I'm kind of a little, I find it difficult to know how to do that gently. So I just do it. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I I did lose a a lot of friends, but friends, but I gained so many people who also don't drink and who don't, um, you know, who who now know me in this context, you know. Of
0: course. Um, and so Stephanie, do you do you drink now or or do you just... No, no, just I, haven't,
1: I haven't drank since uh, J- January 2014, so wow. seven, seven and a half years.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know obviously it's just something that you've chosen to do, but I think like as someone like that, I used to love the party life. And I suppose as I grew up, I realized I actually didn't like the taste of alcohol. I didn't actually like being drunk. And like that, you know, people and places that I once felt most comfortable in fell away. And I think it it is hard to re-establish yourself or, you know, if you are a bit of an introvert and stuff, as you said, to kind of build those connections. But actually they are the more meaningful connections, you know, when eventually Mm -hmm. they are kind of um, established, you know, and you have to put yourself out there a little bit, you know. Um, And so, like, how has your, I suppose, you and Noel, isn't it? You just have the the cutest little life. Like, I love the stories when you ask him questions and stuff like that. I just think it's fabulous. And you really went under the radar with the wedding. Did you have a great day?
1: Yeah, we had a really, really, really nice day. Um, We did it just in a way that I was able to tolerate. Like, I was dreading it, I have to say. Like, I had that feeling, I don't know if anyone watching... Do you know that feeling of the Debs? Like, I really didn't want to go to my Debs. I had a pain in my stomach for weeks coming up to it. And Easy. it was the same with the wedding. I was like, I just need this to be over. And I still, like, I, and I didn't, like, I, I tolerated the day. I got through it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I wanted to be married. I wanted to be married. I didn't really <laughs> want to get married. I don't like people... And this might sound really weird and I don't really understand it myself. So I, I can't say too much about it, but I don't like people looking at me. Like on Instagram, I'm fine. I go on TV, I host a TV show. I I host a radio show. But in person, when I meet people, I'm like, oh God, I I don't know what to say. I, 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 I feel like everyone has a script that I don't have. But when it's me and I'm just talking into my phone on my couch on Instagram, it's fine because no one's actually going to, come back at me but when it's a two-way I can be like oh god so anyway we had a really nice day but it was very much catered to us I wore my runners I got my dress in TK Maxx there was no drama we went to the registry office then we had like about four hours of nothing we had the press photographer came and then our own photographer came for a few hours we had four hours just we had a balcony outside our room so um me and Noel and his best like four other people were up on the balcony having you know drinks and music and then at five thirty, people arrived for the meal and you know that was like that was a lot that was like when when Julia Roberts when, or when Hugh Grant opens the door in Notting Hill and everyone's there taking pictures <laughs> like it's like oh my god everyone arrived at once but then slowly I was able to like, my shoulders came down a little bit and I was like, "Okay, this is fine. These are safe people and it's lovely. And then it was really, really nice. But um, I can safely safely say I have been to the last wedding I will ever go to. And and, and that is that makes me feel very, very happy.
0: Well, um, I just think, I don't know, I love what you have and I love even the way that you met Sorry, I sound like I've been stopped in your life, but I kind of have. Um, but just the way that you met, that you gave him a book, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So I used to do book reviews on Instagram. So yeah. I for on in 20, 20, what year is it? Now? So twenty eighteen, I decided I would read one book a week, and review them on Instagram. So they're in my highlights, and I reviewed this book, my favorite book ever, called Once More We Saw Stars. I reviewed it in Jan February, but it wasn't out until April, which is a really annoying thing for an Instagrammer to do. Um, anyway, so loads of people message me all the time; my DMs are bedlam. But Noel messaged me on Twitter to say that he had messaged me on Instagram about that book because he wanted to to read it, and that he pre-ordered it but it wasn't available till april and was that right or whatever so we were kind of going back and forth and i was like oh my god i'm sorry for reviewing a book that's not even out yet that's so annoying and then he was like "Ah, that's grand i'm on my way into work now and i said where do you work and he said leinster house where government buildings are and i happened to be going in that day because i had a meeting and uh i was like well i'm going in there today that's mad um i'll bring the book and i'll leave it at reception or whatever and he was like yeah cool do that and then when i was in there i was like i'm just leaving it at reception and he was like i'm actually on lunch do you want to get a coffee so we got a coffee i gave him the book we were talking and then i lost my wallet so i had to, like i was going back and forth with him for a few days about the wallet Where he was like did you find it and then it was in Pier street garden station and i was like thanks for helping me look for it can i buy you a coffee i had no idea that we were that these were like that kind of a coffee but then i yeah. never know if someone is flirting with me i'm really bad and then he like overtly was like, "Can I take you on a date?" And I said, "No, that's so cute." Oh God, right? Okay, that's what this is. Yeah, of course. And that's how. It and it just went from there. Yeah, and he's smashing. He's the best. He's also yeah, on cloud Nine today because Mayo won. That's why I'm wearing. Oh yeah. In my head. Yeah. <laughs> You'd swear he actually played the match the way he's going on about it.
0: <laughs> that's brilliant, though. But look, you can you can fully see that there's just. Such a connection there and I don't know I just think it's a brilliant story. Um, Stephanie one thing I wanted to ask just because obviously you carried the whole of Ireland through the pandemic, um, did you get any like I suppose recognition for that through any government agencies or did anyone approach you I suppose from a higher power and said listen thanks a million or here's a medal or even like a meal voucher like surely someone recognised that no?
1: A couple of people like you have been like that was a public service thank you so much (laughs) um and and a hotel in uh, a hotel i think in tralee has been like if you ever come down we'd love you've helped us so much but like actual people no they haven't um um, amy o'connor wrote a piece in the business post a couple of months back about you know people who carried us through the pandemic it was like Richard Chambers and Zara King and and I got a little mention as well, um. But yeah, no, that that's 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 yeah. of it. But like you know, it's a it's more about the people who, like I had one one woman I'll never forget it. It was just you know when they introduced that UK travel ban, very very yeah. quickly, and it's a really sad story. She had travelled to the UK because she was thirteen weeks pregnant and she couldn't get a termination there there was a fatal fetal abnormality she couldn't get a termination in Ireland because you can't get an abortion after 12 weeks here so she traveled to the UK for an abortion and left her four-year-old son with his grandmother and traveled to the UK and then couldn't get back and she oh messaged God. me and she was like I don't know what to do like I'm lost and you've carried me through and I know that you're just a writer but do you know what to do and I just said where do you live And I got onto her local TD and I just because he actually was following me on Instagram and I was like, can I have your number? I need to ring you. And I rang him. It was Christmas, like the day before Christmas Eve or something. And I was like, you have to do something like this is horrendous. And anyway, through the long and short of it, we got her back on a on a flight that evening. But it's incredible but it's those people like I don't really care about the government saying yeah. thanks like the government should have been doing this you know <laughs> like if they thank me they're also acknowledging that they have not done their job yeah. which is to communicate clearly um but it's this the little you know the little small messages that I get of just like thank you so much absolutely, That's
0: absolutely. and you know coming back into real life let's say uh, like are you finding that difficult, or are you okay with it, or I suppose all writing data everything aside how are you doing personally throughout the pandemic, and I suppose coming back out into the real world how How are you like
1: like it's really hard like
0: yeah
1: and 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 we've all been through something so awful, you know like and, and it's ongoing. You know, um, I'm not great with surprises. Like, so this kind of a pandemic wasn't great. Yeah. And I I just look at people sometimes when I'm in the park and everyone's kind of getting on with it. And I just kind of like, one day, can we all just get together and be like, that was a lot. Like, I'm an yeah. only child. My mother was down in Cork on her own. I couldn't get down. I didn't, I, I have asthma. I was in Beaumont Hospital. I couldn't breathe. Like, I had co- Like, it was just what we've been through, I'm still reeling from it. And so there are times when I forget about it and I'm totally fine and I'm out in the world and I'm like, oh yeah, I can see people again and I'm vaccinated and thank you science. And then there are days that I'm like, oh Jesus, like what is the future? Like what if that happens again? Nothing is certain. I've lost the naivety that I used to have. I think we all have, you know, where I make plans now, but it's obviously like, well, you know, that might not happen because of COVID, might kick off somewhere and something will be canceled um so it's definitely shaken my sense of um security my sense of um safety in a way that's really that can be really difficult sometimes you know like i say we had a we had a date night we were going to the cinema and we had it all booked and then the cinema was in a shopping center and i went in and there was just so many people it was like 2019 again and i was like i can't i can't like mm-hmm. i was having palpitations we just had to leave like and
0: yeah.
1: you know just being gentle on myself and not and not um and not reading too much into it because what we went through was not normal and it's not common and we shouldn't be expecting ourselves to just bounce back you know like i can get really critical of myself like oh i i i'm heavier now than i was when i went into the pandemic And I have body issues. And and then I'm thinking, like, I I wrote about it in the paper today, like, if you're coming out of a global crisis where literally millions of people have died and you Mm -hmm. have a few extra pounds on you, that's not bad innings. Like, And the the media and diet culture is so pervasive that it can still make you feel like you have failed because you have survived a pandemic by... And, and have gained weight you know it's it's so there Absolutely. are lots of things that i struggle with and um, yeah but i'm very glad that we're on this side of it i'm still a little bit nervous for the future and um, i'm interviewing luke o'neill on my podcast again on the 27th i have a lot of questions for him Um yeah. i hoped i did have hopes that the vaccine would bring us a little bit further i thought that the vaccine was i know the vaccine is our way out of this but i Delta has really kind of thrown a spanner in the works in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, so, yeah, it's just an ongoing daily thing of, like, how traumatized am I today? Oh, not much. <laughs> okay, I'll get on with my day. Or, like,
0: <laughs> on a scale clearing. of 1 to 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, and just with the newspaper club, because I know this is something that you're really passionate about, and I know that you have a lot of followers that contribute to the newspaper club every Sunday. But explain to us, like, why is it so important to have the newspaper club? What is the does newspaper it mean to club media? The newspaper club
1: I started, I write for the Sunday Independent, but the newspaper club is any newspaper. I don't care if you buy the Sunday Independent. But mm-hmm. by buying a newspaper, first of all, that money keeps Irish people in jobs. Mm-hmm. Like people who write the paper, people who sub edit. So like when I write my article, I'm really bad at punctuation and commas. And so there's a sub editor and they're hired to like make sure my sentences make grammatical sense there's also comes something called house style so like you'll notice in the sunday independent if it says 100 percent it will say 100 pc whereas mm-hmm. in the irish times they'll have a percent symbol so it's the sub editor's job to make sure that the house style is across then there's an editor who makes sure that the whole of the paper is is sort of like in in one sort of united front so like there isn't like six articles in one paper about climate change that there is a broad that they're covering the right things and then there's people who sell ads you know that if by buying a newspaper you're supporting a whole industry the people who print the paper the people who deliver the paper um and and that journalism is not free you know so if we don't have if you don't buy papers papers go out of business And if Mm -hmm. papers go out of business, we don't have journalists and it's not just newspapers like you'll notice that Ireland AM, all of the radio shows, all of their shows are based on what is in the papers. And if we don't have that, then we're just leaving it up to Facebook and these fake news sites that create clickbait that isn't even true on data that we can't verify because we don't have people who are paid to do that work and i'm just very passionate about truth and and rigorous journalism and people uncovering things like like the magdalene laundries like like the babies like real investigative journalism needs to be paid for you don't get that for free and and it shouldn't be free so to buy a newspaper i i think the sunday independent is actually the most expensive one and it's Three, i get it delivered but it's it's 370 a day a 370 a week on a sunday but to buy a newspaper it's not that dear and it really has an impact not just on jobs but on the type of information you are getting and i feel really passionately about that that's why i started newspaper club sorry yeah
0: no, no 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 but you know what i think it's important for people to understand that because you know, instead of it being just a vanity thing, like, oh, by the paper, I have done an article in it. I think it's important for people to understand, I suppose, the whole backstory and what you've just explained to us. Because it is jobs. It is real journalism. And it and it is people, I suppose, with investigative journalism, actually uncovering things, as you said, like the magdalene laundries and stuff like that, that you just, you have to pay for that type of stuff, you know? Um, So fair play to you. And I think it's incredible that... um that you started it and I suppose for anyone that might be watching it that is looking to get into journalism and maybe get a piece published what what would your advice be to them so I am
1: not a journalist I'm a columnist which is different okay and a columnist is basically like someone who's like someone whose thoughts or someone whose view on the world people find interesting and they write a column so I'm not a journalist I don't And that means that I, like, I'm not, it's like the difference between um, a physiotherapist and a physical Mm -hmm. therapist. Like, a physiotherapist has gone to train, like, has done a college degree in that and is accredited and Mm -hmm. has a body that overlooks that they're doing best practice. There is a journalism, like, association that you have to be allied with to be a journalist. So I can't, for example, rock up to the... government press briefings I'm I'm not in I'm not bound by the journalism what is the board like you know the best practice that like makes sure that people are doing their job properly um but if you want to be a journalist um I think with any job it's the same if you want to do something like journalism or screenwriting or playwriting you have to be doing it Mm -hmm. to show people Actually, this person is worth investing in because yeah. no one is going to take a risk of giving you a job if if you haven't shown them that you're good and that actually it's not about the money, that if there's something in it for you. So if you want to be a journalist, get on, start writing a blog, get onto your local paper. Like if I was in Baton mm-hmm. Mallow, like the Mallow Star or the Corkman or, um, you know, the Echo, see if you can contribute like one or two articles but you have to go in with a pitch so don't go in and be like can I write articles for you tell them what you want to write about
0: yeah and then
1: um or if you're in college get involved in your college newspaper do some journalism there and then get a little name for yourself and, and, yeah. and then work your way up from there
0: yeah Bob, so it's also and- about,
1: like what kind of journalism do you want to do do you want to be a health correspondent political correspondent arts entertainment farming Like there are so many different ways into it. You Mm -hmm. pick what you want to do and then start to track records that people can invest in you.
0: Perfect. And Stephanie, so it is a self-love series. So can you give me an example of one or two things that you do that you know and actually before, before I ask you this question, you did write a piece a couple of months ago and it was about the wellness industry and how the wellness industry is, has been oversaturated and it's actually toxic positivity. So please, please tell me a little bit more about that.
1: So I think that the well, once something becomes an industry, yeah. it can only remain profitable or viable if it has returning clients yeah so the wellness industry needs you to keep thinking that there is something to be fixed so it needs to make you think that you're a little bit damaged and then also be like and we have the solution for that buy this thing whether that is buy this wellness journal buy tickets to this wellness event where people will preach at you about how you can get better um the wellness industry can only be an industry if it keeps people believing that they are not well yeah and for me uh and i and i was part of that industry and and i still you know there are still wellness accounts that want me to contribute to help people but i some days i am not well and and that's fine because in order to remain happy all of the happiness is not something that I can achieve and maintain that like life is in flux and toxic positivity is like not allowing or accepting any negativity, but there's going to be negativity. Like you're not always going to be well and that has to be okay. So, Mm -hmm. um, for me, like, were you asking, did you want me to continue on to self-love or just say more about that?
0: Well, I suppose just, I think it was just something that when I read it, I was like, actually, she is right. So I just wanted to get just a little bit more of your opinion. I know you don't do opinions, but I suppose... you no, experience- I'll do
1: opinions here. I, I'm happy to do opinions here. It's just on, on my account. I don't want to give my opinions.
0: Of course, but just, I suppose, yeah, just a little bit more insight into... I suppose, why you even wrote that piece. But I think definitely you answered it in terms of, you know, there has to be a balance of it's okay to have a bad day as well as having the good days. And don't... But also, um... like,
1: you're... you're fine. Like, you... um, Like, you are where you're meant to be. And yeah. you don't need to improve. Like, if you want to, you know... I don't know if, if you feel like you need from the inside, like, Oh, there's something wrong with me. And I would like, I I have this feeling that I'd like to, you know, be able to run 5k or whatever. That's an impulse that's coming from you. But if there is something external telling you that you need to improve or that you need to be well, you you're fine. Like we're all different and we all just are the way we're meant to be. And it's perfect. Like yeah. Unless there is something clinically wrong, you don't need to be like anyone else and If someone is telling you how they got well, that's their journey. you know, mm-hmm. like in the same way that when I talk about giving up alcohol, I don't for a minute think that everyone should give up alcohol. I don't preach about that at all; some mm-hmm. people love it; it does great things for people um but we're all different and 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 you are well, like you are enough, just as you are. You don't need to do much improving, unless like a doctor is telling you you need to, you know. But like, yeah. there is just such an industry now around like positive vibes only, and you know, wellness and meditation and crystals and affirmations, and it can be exhausting. I have it all. like I am looking, like it's all here. I buy into yeah. all that shit, like. But sometimes it's like I am like, like just for right them. now, seven forty one p.m. on my oh. couch. I am enough. My yeah. body is doing everything I need it to do for me right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm perfect. I'm exactly as I am meant to be right now. And I don't need to do a course. don't need to meditate. I don't need to do a meditation. I don't need to do a daily something. I don't need to journal right now. Everything is okay. And that's that's important for people to hear as well, I think. like You don't yeah. need to
0: do all these things. Thanks, definitely. Um, so... Now is the self-love. So what's one or two things that you do to give yourself self-love?
1: Um, one of the things I do to give myself self-love. Um, I know that sometimes me on my own in my head is I'm in bad company. So mm-hmm. I will pick up the phone every day and speak to someone, a friend or um, actually something that really helps me is to, is to pick up the phone and ask someone else how they are is to be focused on someone else because if I'm a lot of the worst things in my life come from too much self-reflection come from (laughs) self-centered fear Oh, what are they going to think about me what are they going to think about how I look what are they going to think about what I said stop it's not about you talk like go into that room and Make sure somebody else has a really good night. Go into that room and ask somebody else how they are, and listen and care, and that takes me out of all my self-centered fear. So, um, That's so of talking to just talking to someone else um, is is self-love for me. And then, um, what else? Just going like a little bit slower than I think I should, because. Mm-hmm. You know, I I wear a Fitbit. I like want to be pounding the streets and I want to be like doing things and achieving and getting things done and making my deadlines. And actually, sometimes that anxiousness that I feel is just because I'm just going a little bit too fast for absolutely no reason. So Mm -hmm. just I still do the things because I'm not one for taking naps or, you know, people say like, just rest. I don't really know how to do that. But I can definitely do things slightly slower than I want to. And that okay. seems to calm me down as well.
0: Cool. Okay. okay, well, Stephanie, I'm gonna leave it there because they, the interviews are usually only 30 minutes and I could literally talk to you all night. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're fine, literally. Like I was just so excited to interview you because I've been a little stalker for the last year and a half. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on the self love series. Um I think loads of people are gonna get loads from this conversation and yeah, you're iconic actually. Not even Fab, you're iconic thank you all so right. much and thanks so everyone much. who joined there uh, yeah i really appreciate you all thank you so much bye stephanie Bye. bye bye